The Sitzer versus NAR lawsuit, who wins and who loses? In the 1987 movie Wall Street, Michael Douglas's character, Gordon Gecko says, it's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins and somebody loses. Money itself isn't lost or made, it's simply transferred. Now, if you're not familiar with the Sitzer lawsuit um, against the National Association of Realtors and several of the largest real estate brands, it centers around how real estate agents are compensated. The lawsuit claims that the practice of seller and buyer agent cooperation, or the way they share commissions, is an antitrust violation and that it's resulted in inflated commissions paid by consumers over the years. Now, while a jury has already sided with the plaintiffs, the judge has not rendered a final verdict yet. Now, some proponents of the lawsuit, including one very influential consumer group, are hoping that the verdict will ultimately end the practice of seller and buyer agent cooperation, and that the net result will be lower real estate commissions across the board. Now, on the surface, this may sound like a victory for consumers, but if you look more closely, you can see clearly that even if the proponents are right and the lawsuit does end up causing commissions to go down, the money's not going to be divided equally. And first-time home buyers and buyers with lower income are likely to shoulder the largest burden. Now, the following is my assessment of what the most likely winners and who are the losers going to be of the Sitzer class action lawsuit? Now, first, the winners. Well, home sellers, because it's been customary that the agents for both the buyer and the seller are paid from seller proceeds, in the short run, eliminating that practice and requiring the buyers to pay for their own agent representation out of their own pockets will benefit sellers financially. Other winners, I think what I call deep pocket buyers or buyers that have means that are wealthy, they're going to be at an advantage. See, because buyers who are short on cash, some of them may still be able to ask sellers to cover the expense of their agent as part of their bid as a seller concession. However, this will put that buyer at a disadvantage when their offer is competing against wealthier, more experienced investors and institutional buyers who don't and won't be asking for that same concession. Thirdly, class action lawyers. These lawyers are going to make a lot of money. Class action lawyers are often sort of looked at as heroes in the movies, movies like Aaron Brockovich and The Insider. Those are actually rare occurrences. More often than not, class action lawyers are far more self-serving than they're portrayed in the movies. The class action lawyers in the Sitzer case are poised to make hundreds of millions of dollars, while the actual plaintiffs, who are the home sellers in Missouri, they'll be lucky to get about 200 bucks a piece. The losers are what I'm really focused on, because I think the biggest loser in this whole ordeal is going to be first-time home buyers, especially first-time buyers with modest wealth. If the proponents of the Sitzer lawsuit get what they want, it's going to be very difficult for them because in addition to down payment, closing costs, and reserves, buyers are now going to be saddled with the additional cost of having to pay for their own real estate agents. Now, some say this is where the commissions will actually go down, and they may be right, but is that really what's good for the marketplace? Buyers who are on the margin in terms of their wealth will have a few options available to them, but none of them are better, in my view. 
They'll either have to delay their purchase so that they can save more money to pay for their agent down the line, or they'll try to go with either a discount agent or without representation altogether. Now, if they delay the purchase, they're probably going to pay a lot more money for that property down the line. I think the most likely scenario is that they're going to go without representation and attempt to fend for themselves. Now, some people think this is fine because they just don't understand the critical importance and value of having a real estate agent representing you. The largest financial transaction most people will ever encounter is the purchase of a home. First-time home buyers who go without professional representation, who are unfamiliar with the potential risks and pitfalls involved in a real estate transaction, will put themselves at tremendous risk. I also think buyer's agents are also going to pay a big price. With the pendulum swinging away from first-time buyers and towards more institutional buyers and wealthier investors, buyer's agents will have fewer transactions to go around. I believe this is tragic. Buyer's agents do the most heavy lifting in the industry. They show homes, they help prepare buyers for their, what I call that, intimidating process of qualifying for a mortgage. They review home inspection reports, and they do about a hundred other critical tasks. I also believe that a career in real estate sales is one of the few jobs in which people without a college degree can earn a great living if they work hard and build a good reputation for service. I, I think that's an important thing, and I can't help but believe that some people have a problem with that. I think that's just unfortunate. Homeownership is the cornerstone of the American dream, and buyer's agents are arguably the most valuable service provider in the entire process. I also think mortgage lenders are going to lose, because one of the solutions being floated is that buyers are going to have to pay for their own agent representation they may have the option to finance those costs as part of the mortgage. Now, getting that done will require a radical change in the lending guidelines and consumer regulations. But even if the rules do change and the financing of agent commissions is permitted, fewer first-time buyers will result in fewer lenders having deals to close. And those that they do close will be riskier due to higher loan-to-value ratios. Obviously, NAR is also going to be a potential loser in this. Anytime there's a multi-billion dollar lawsuit, any organization's viability is going to be at risk. But if the roles of the buyer's agent is marginalized, the number of dues-paying members will also be impacted. Even more likely is that the connection between NAR and local MLS services will probably also change. At the center of the case against NAR is that they mandated agent cooperation by virtue of their control of the MLS platforms in Missouri. This may mean that NAR's reign as the largest and most powerful trade group in America might finally come to an end. Now, my final thoughts are, and this is what I really want you to listen to. Our system of real estate sales has been in place for more than 100 years. With all of its flaws and imperfections, the overall result, if you look at it over the years, has actually been pretty good. Nearly 65% of American households own their homes, and that number soars to 75% for white Americans. Esteemed think tanks as the Urban Institute and the Harvard Joint Center for Housing Studies predict that in the future, more than 80% of new homeowners will come from brown and black communities. Now, I become a little cynical when consumer advocate groups or advocacy groups 
react to this prediction by suddenly becoming outspoken and suggesting that there's something wrong with the system. You know, now that the majority of the buyers are going to be from black and brown communities, we want to break the whole thing down. And we want to shift more power and more of the money to home sellers, who, of course, by definition, are wealthier and more experienced. I just don't buy that. Needless to say, I don't like the way things are going. And the outcome, though, is far than determined. NAR is appealing the verdict, and, and NAREP is leading the effort to ensure that policymakers, civil rights groups, and other consumer groups understand what's really at stake. Thank you for listening to my blog, and here's some additional comments. Well, let me, let me, let me just kind of cut to the chase here, because I do think that this is one of the biggest threats ever, not just to our industry, but to the entire home buying process. If the proponents of this lawsuit get what they want, and there is no more seller-buyer agent cooperation, or let me just kind of cut to the chase and really pinpoint it even further. If buyers are going to have to pay for their own real estate agents out of their own pockets, what is that going to mean? I mean, obviously, buyers who are wealthy and have means, they're going to be fine. They can pay for an attorney. They can pay for a real estate agent. If they've done five or six transactions in the past, they may be able to represent themselves fine. But those buyers who are on the margin, those buyers who have had to struggle and scrape together the 3% or 5% down payment to purchase their first home, to save money for closing costs and to have a little bit in reserve in case there's a disruption in income or there's some unexpected uh, need for, for money, to add to that the fact that they're going to have to now pay for their own real estate agents. And they, this is what really bothers me because I think these consumer groups think, well, that's fine because, you know, agents are going to be required or forced to bring down their fees substantially. But we all know you get what you pay for. If you're going to end up paying 1% or a flat fee of a thousand bucks for your real estate agent to represent you, what kind of service do you think you're actually going to get? How much time is somebody going to be able to put into this? I got an attorney right now. I have to pay that attorney a thousand dollars an hour. An hour. So what is a real estate agent going to have to charge to really give you good service in terms of your buyer experience? The work that's necessary. You gotta show homes, you gotta you know walk them through the process, you gotta look at appraisal reports and inspection reports, and you've gotta, you know, give good advice. That is a labor intensive process. And if the deal doesn't close, you don't get paid at all. So 3% is not a high amount of money. So I don't really believe commissions are going to go down a whole lot. I think commissions are going to stay at 3% for buyer representation, and a lot of buyers are going to go without an agent, and that is going to lead to catastrophic outcomes for buyers, especially in states that are called buyer beware states, because there's very little consumer protections in those states. So I don't understand how people are applauding this. I think they're wrong. Maybe these are unintended consequences, but I certainly intend to spend a lot of time this year with policymakers, with agencies, with civil rights groups. I'm going to make sure they really understand what's happening here. And at the end of the day, it's not good for the people who need our help the most.
Thank you.